Welcome back to another episode of Sharing Knowledge Series. I'm Kevin Vondero, Chief Lending Officer at Westfield Bank, and your host. Today we'll be discussing financing strategies and tips for growing your business. Please join us for this episode. I'm Kevin Vondro, your host, and today we have two special guests joining us. First, we have Bob Filipiak, who's the Executive Director of Cascade Capital Corporation. Bob, why don't you tell us a little about your, your role at Cascade Capital? Well, Cascade Capital specializes in funding growing companies looking to expand the scope of their operations. So we do that by providing uh, funding for major fixed asset purchases, such as owner-occupied commercial real estate and equipment. And we even get into sometimes helping companies buy other companies. Thanks for joining us today, Bob. And our next guest is Carrie Malott, Vice President, Commercial Lending with Westfield Bank. Carrie, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and what you do at Westfield Bank? I'm a commercial lender here at Westfield Bank, and I have been in the banking industry for about 20 years, doing all different facets of banking, but most recently here in the commercial lending space at Westfield. Today we're going to be talking about growing businesses and really more around preparing a business for growth and, and talking about really the, the plans around that, but a lot of it's going to be around financing opportunities there. Um, but the first thing I think we need to talk about, especially as businesses are starting out, really the, the importance of financial advisors or, or trusted advisors. So Carrie, why don't you, I'll start with you. What, what, is, what is the importance of that role with a business starting out? Well, working with businesses every day, um, you know, I have found that it's been really important to businesses to have a group of advisors, and some of those advisors are the ones that you would normally think of, um, your CPAs and your attorneys. Um, they all play really important roles in supporting businesses um, as they grow through their evolutions, both getting started and as they mature in their life as a business. And then sometimes there are other opportunities for advisors as well that aren't so typical, um, like mentors, and additionally, um, some of the other resources that you know businesses like to use are other business owners, um, being able to pick their brain and know what their businesses are going through so that they can help them as their business is, is growing as well. And you, and you brought up mentor. Maybe, can you really expand on that and, and, and really the role of a mentor, or who a mentor could be for a business owner? Sure, yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I have found in my own um, you know, world, I've really benefited a lot in my growth as a lender by having different mentors throughout phases of my career. And as I talk to business owners, I found they're not that much different. They've also found um, mentors have helped support them in their business, sometimes with accountability um, and other times as a sounding board just to help them and uh, be able to talk through some of the challenges that they might be having, but also some of the opportunities that might be available to them out there. Okay, great. And Bob, what about you? I know in, in your role, you work with a lot of times with, with the banks and, and maybe the CPA firms out there as far as putting packages together, but maybe elaborate more on, on the role of, of advisors to companies or experience you've seen. The way I look at it is the business owner knows his or her business um, up and down. But now they're moving to an expansionary state, um, so for, it's important for them to rely on 
uh, business service professionals who have assisted companies in, in, with their expansions in the past. So to look up, you know, accountants, sure. attorneys, um, even economic development professionals, those people, that's, they have specialized and they have helped companies, you know, do that expansion in the past, so those are good sources. Yeah. Now, we talked about, um, you know, trusted advisors being key. How important is it for a company to have a business plan? And, you know, like, it's, as far as building out that roadmap for growth, Carrie? Yeah, I think that it's really important for a business to understand where they want to go, um, and a business plan supports that. Additionally, it's good for businesses, not only for them to know, but to be able to pass along that knowledge to their team as well, so that the company as a whole knows where it wants to go as well. Um, utilizing a business plan also to look at opportunities, to look at threats, what are the things that are happening um, you know, that could prevent them from achieving their goals, um, and do they have something in place that if for some reason there are some things that come into play um, that are um, causing some challenges, do they have opportunities or do they already have another plan in place to kind of help support them sure. and to keep them on their path towards those goals. Good. <clears throat> Bob, in your experience, I mean, what are some of the key components of a, of a business plan? Well, especially it relates to growing companies, they're going to need to know what their employment needs are going to be going forward, what their capital expansion needs are going to be going forward, and ultimately what their financing needs are going to be going forward. Sometimes when you look at financial projection, that can bring all three of those items together. Sure, sure. Now, how, how important is it for a business, once it develops that, that business plan, to go back and reevaluate and look at it and see how close they are to meeting those metrics that maybe they, they've laid out? Carrie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a business plan without a true plan and being able to go back to evaluate it is just a piece of paper with some words on yeah. it, right? So um, it is really important for businesses to go back and evaluate, are they hitting their metrics and do they need to make some adjustments because there have been significant changes in the business or significant opportunities that they need to take advantage of and they need to reevaluate to make sure the plan still works. Sure. Bob, is there anything you want now, to I agree with what Carrie said. I mean, a company sets a business plan up and they need to track it to see how they're progressing. Yeah. They owe that to themselves. In dealing with businesses, is there any one in particular area or, or item that business owners typically don't put in a business plan that you wish you'd see sooner or, or as part of it? Sometimes maybe they overlook taking a look at their market and opportunities for expanding either within their market or outside of their market. Um, they get caught up in just looking at the numbers and trying to figure out what those numbers are supposed to be and not supporting those numbers through other opportunities sure. such as that. So how they're going to make those numbers, right? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's easy to put the numbers down, but there's just as much, uh, you know, you need just as much around how you're going to generate those numbers Correct. or, or yeah. generate new revenue. Bob, anything you wanted to add? On sometimes that? they miss opportunities as well. I mean, they become a little bit too narrowly focused yeah. on you know the plan itself, and they may miss opportunities um, that may be staring them right in the face. We've been talking about business plans, and, and for the most part, people or businesses put them together, really focusing on how they can grow, and, and that's key. So now that they have that plan in place, I mean, what are what are the different options they have for growth? business acquisitions to either gain an entry into a different market or, or 
increase the, the existing market share, um, that's the one that, that I see most often. Just opportunities through uh, acquiring other businesses, like businesses in a similar market, um, basically is a good way for a company to, to grow above and beyond just their own um, um, projections and business plan. Bob makes a great point. I mean, the acquisitions is a big part of a business, but sometimes maybe they're not ready for an acquisition. So no. they need to think about ways to expand and grow the business on a more organic level. And um, so some of those opportunities come with looking at, you know, where do they have opportunities within their own customer base? Um, do they have opportunity to look at other industries? Um, could they grow into a separate industry? Um, do they have the, um, the wherewithal to be able to support something like that? Um, that's where the team of advisors comes into play a lot of times with the, um, help them advise and look at those ways to expand their market or grow into separate industries. Um, new products is another way that businesses can grow as well. Again, you got to do the right research sure. and make sure that you have the right opportunities to do so, but they are ways that businesses can look um, to grow throughout the evolution. No. <clears throat> if it's not acquire, it's, it's how you differentiate yourself and maybe acquire more market share or, or right. gain more market share is the other thing. So now you have the plan, so we're, we're talking about businesses growing, and you have the, the, the advising team around you, you build a nice plan and, and you're ready to go. The next question is, how do you pay for it? Right, and I think that's really what the, the meat of the conversation is going to be in, in, in this episode is, is really the different options that companies have mm -hmm. for, for financing growth. And Carrie, let, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of different ways that businesses can utilize financing to grow their business. Um, there are the traditional ways, um, looking at ways to support working capital so they can deploy uh, their funds in other ways through working capital lines of credits. You have term loan financing for equipment needs um, to add and expand your business that way. Um, and then you have some economic development financing opportunities as well. Um, just like in Bob's world, he supports that very well. And um, through the SBA, um, the state has some very specific programs that um, businesses can utilize to support them as well. Well, and my specialization is in the economic development financing field, and the advantages that are gained are um, below market fixed rates of interest, extended longer terms, um, and the ability to get 90% financing, which essentially is um, a borrower typically needs to put 10% down, you know, equity infusion, which actually helps that borrower conserve precious working capital, which they need to leave in the business, not you know, place in a building, uh, they could, it's better utilized in, the, in a growing business. And, and there's, there's a lot of different program lending um, packages out there. So let, let's talk a little bit more about that, Bob. I know you're, you at Cascade Capital Corporation, you deal a lot with the 504 and 166. Yes. And maybe get a little more definition around the difference between sure. the two and maybe the benefits that, that uh, cut clients may have going with the 504 versus 166? Well, the SB 504, in uh, my opinion, uh, is the top economic development finance program in the country. I believe that for this fiscal year, SBA allocated $15 billion uh, in SBA 504 lending capacity. That includes 
some refinance, but the vast majority is for expansion. I mean, again, the, it's, it's an economic development program from the standpoint that SBA likes to see job creation. Generally, it's one new job for every 75,000 borrowed. If it's a manufacturing company, it can be one new job for every, one new job for every $120,000 borrowed. It's for small companies, typically companies that whose uh, net worth along with any affiliates does not exceed 15 million and the average net profits for the last two years uh, does not exceed an average of five and a half million. We can do loans up to five and a half million dollars, so it, and we can do loans as small as $50,000. So there's a nice range of what um, is available to help companies of, of different sizes. Most recent rates, um, right around 6% fixed for both the 20 and 25 year options. Um, fees have gone down for fiscal 2023. Um, normally they're at 2.65%, they're 2.15% this year. So that's a benefit. So a really good program. And then we have a smaller program, the Ohio 166 program, which I think is I'll just quote, call it a quote-unquote hidden gem. I mean, we can do loans up to a million dollars under Ohio 166. Um, our fees are very low, only 1% of the loan. Uh, and our current rate is 3.95% fixed, and we can do that for up to 20 years. We do like to see job creation, but there's no defined dollars per job um, for, on the 166 program. You partner with banks, and you're not in competition with banks because it's still you still exactly. need bank financing as part of it. Yeah, we we work with banks. We're not an alternative to bank financing, but we work with banks. I mean, most of our opportunities come from our bank lending partners, who who, who have a customer that comes in, and, and that customer is looking to do um, a major uh, fixed asset expansionary project, and our bank lending partner. Uh, looks at the various, um, uh, we'll just say variables associated with that particular borrower and, and helps the borrower make the decision to utilize an economic development finance program and the advantages that go with it. Okay, great. Carrie, I know you work a lot with, with, with the SBA. Maybe talk about how those products, the, the traditional 7A products, and mm -hmm. differ a little bit from what Bob was talking about, the 504 program, because that is guaranteed by the SBA, but it's, it's two different packages or, or programs right. you're looking at. Yeah, the 504 program is typically geared towards real estate, though you can use it for some equipment financing and things. And, and Bob and his group are great partners of the bank, and, and they really do help us support our clients. And so the other ways that businesses can look to help support growth and or acquisition is utilizing the SBA 7A program. Um, banks typically like to look to the 7A to help support collateral light deals, um, especially in acquisitions. Um, businesses are looking to grow. They identify business that uh, they think fits within um, their industry and their business. Um, but it doesn't always come with all the assets um, that will support the collateral needed um, for that buyout. So they look to the bank to help them figure out ways to do that and their other advisors and partners as well. And one of those ways is utilizing the SBA 7A program. Um, the bank can utilize that to help shore up some of the collateral shortfalls that exist there. Um, some of the other ways that the banks can look to support businesses as they're growing or 
in what we're experiencing now, like a rising rate environment, is also the Grow Now program. Um, Businesses are always looking for ways to try to protect interest rates um, and pay as little as possible. And uh, we hear that every day, don't we? And um, so one of those ways they can do that is through the Grow Now program. Um, It's a wonderful state program. It's an economic development program that the state puts on. And it allows businesses to get a 3% rate reduction on up to $400,000. And they uh, do have to commit, because it is an economic development program, to um, either creating or retaining um, jobs uh, they get 50000 for every one full-time or two part-time created or retained um, jobs within the organization. But the big benefit there is, is that if they're out looking for a piece of equipment, they could get a significant rate reduction to support them in that. No, that's, that's a good point. Another program that the state has is a collateral enhancement program. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. If you, are, if you want to comment on it, maybe give a little history on it or background on on how it works and and what that program is. It's another great economic development program put on by the state to help businesses when there are collateral shortfalls. Um, They will invest and deposit money with the bank for the collateral shortfall that can exist either with the acquisition of real estate, um, purchasing of equipment, Um, and other things that the business needs um, in order to grow. Again, they're looking to support the small businesses within the state of Ohio um, so that we can see additional job creation and economic growth. No, that's great. I I think uh, the one thing that we really need to to discuss or or follow up on is there are a lot of great programs out there to help businesses grow. We're in a rising rate environment right now, and there are a lot of state and federal programs that customers can use or or businesses can use to help not only reduce their rates but lengthen maybe the amortization so it brings down the overall cost for the company uh, especially when you're when you're thinking recession uh, that could be coming uh, down the the path I mean these are, are great programs that that companies should look to investigate and and look learn more about about and then look to partner with a bank that works with those programs because I, I think that's key. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the more that we can help working together um, as a team helping that customer, the better off they're going to be. Now, with that in mind, there there are some I don't want to say. There's additional work that you have to do sometimes to go through those, and maybe talk about that. What are, what are the, the additional requirements for some of those these programs? Um, Bob, we'll start with you. And, sure. Well, with SB 504, we're basically looking for the same uh, information that you, you know, at Westfield Bank would be looking for. Okay. There's one SBA form. It's called the 1244 form, and that take might take you know a good 10, maybe 15 minutes to complete. But beyond that, we really are looking for the same information that you are. Yeah. Um, at Ohio 166, we even need a little less information that we w- need on, with SBA 504. Like, for instance, we'll, we can take any kind of financial statements on the 166 program. They can be company prepared. They can be done by an accountant. But we don't actually have, we don't mandate tax returns. So the, the the financial information is a little bit easier, um, and really, it's a it's a really short application process. Carrie, okay. what about SBA? You know, you hear a lot of stories out there, and and I think a lot of times, 
you know, businesses shy away from some of the program lending um, opportunities out there because they hear maybe some of the challenges people have going sure. or other businesses have going through that application yeah. process. Maybe comment on, on the SBA and, and how businesses can make that process go smoother. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, there is some enhanced due diligence um, and some, you know, some additional paperwork that comes along with some of these programs. Um, the SBA certainly does have some additional um, paperwork that needs to be filled out. Um, sometimes the other things that customers or prospects, clients take into consideration and, and, and when you're talking about some of the things they have to think about as they're assessing um, you know what direction they want to go into is there can be some additional costs involved with utilization of the SBA um, when it comes to fees those they can be financed within the transaction itself um, and like I said there's some additional paperwork some enhanced due diligence that does come along with that but the benefits um, to your point as you were talking about earlier um, typically do outweigh that they help shore up um, give additional collateral um, you can elongate amortization, which helps retain some money in the pocket of the business. Yeah. They can deploy that out for other things, especially um, if they're utilizing that to grow. They want to use their money and put it to use in the market um, and help them do that. Um, and so while there are some um, additional you know, steps that might be involved there, um, there are a lot of benefits that do outweigh that as well. Uh, last fiscal year, SBA 504 had really a record year. Um, it ran out of its actual um, federally budgeted capacity by the middle of June last year, with the fiscal year being September 30th. So what happened was the SBA borrowed some of the funds that were committed to the SBA 504 refinance program to the normal SBA 504 um, expansionary program. So I think I mean, there may be a little bit more paperwork and there may be a little bit more fees, but I think SBA has um, really seen its volume increase over the years. And I'll expand on that a little bit too, and just the fact that it's given opportunities for businesses that might not be able to get traditional financing. Yeah. It helps them to acquire those businesses, grow their business, and gives them the capital that they need um, to support that, so. No, that's a good point. And we mentioned earlier on the importance of a business plan, and, and Bob, you mentioned a lot of times, you know, like when you go through it, it's it's not a lot more, it's not a lot of different or more information than a, a bank normally would require as part of that uh, application process. So I think that just reinforces the importance of, of having the, a business plan in place so that you have that information that, that that's readily available. Absolutely. I know a lot of times, you know, like companies may shy away from it because they hear about the you know, like the, the job growth requirement or, or retention requirement. Do you want to comment on that? And, and you like actually, yeah. I mean, it's really pretty simple. If a company's growing, its sales level, um, the overall scope of its operations, they need additional employees to um, enhance that growth, to further that growth, to stimulate that growth. So we really don't see too many issues with companies um, hitting their. Uh, employment projections. I mean, that's a necessary part of a growing business's um, situation. Yeah, and, and it's providing capital so that they can grow. Exactly. And, and have that extra extra resources available to fund that growth as well. Yep. What Carrie, any, any other thoughts around that? Yeah, I can expand on that a little bit. Um, you know, to Bob's point, oftentimes when 
businesses are looking at lending as an opportunity for growth, um, you know, they're in a position that they're likely to at least be able to retain the current employees that they have, which is one of the metrics that a lot of these economic development programs use as a metric, um, or they are going to be expanding. So they typically don't have a hard time um, meeting one or both sure. in those scenarios. Sure. Well, we, we talked about a lot of the, like, some of the challenges that, that businesses think they may have um, going through the, the whole program lending and, and going through that whole process, application process. But how does a, how does a business decide if, if a program's right for them? I mean, I think we kind of already brought that out. If you can get a below market fixed rate of interest in extended term yeah. and get 90% financing, I mean, I think that's you know, pretty self-evident that the programs are effective. And I think from a, a banking standpoint, you know, our, our commercial lending partner standpoint, um, you know, we see situations where there's competition over a given deal. So if you can blend um, an SBA 504 fixed interest rate, which today is around 6%, or even an Ohio 166 loan rate, which is just under 4%, you can conceivably win the deal because you're going to yeah. bring that borrower's cost down. You'll be doing your borrower service and most likely winning the deal on top of it. So, no, that, that, that's a good point. And not only does it do that, but it also helps them diver diversify a little interest rate risk along the way. So they have a longer, you know, like they have a, a component of it's a longer term fixed rate, but then they have some shorter term rates. And we all know rates are, are rising now, but eventually yes. they're going to have to go back in the other other direction. Yeah. So hopefully, when that happens, they'll benefit on the way down as well. Certainly, doing a little bit both. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, anything else on what, uh, how a customer can decide which type of program's right for them? Yeah, I think that you know we talked a little bit about a team of advisors, and those people are also really important in you know helping businesses make that decision as well. Um, you know, sometimes businesses don't have a lot of choices depending on you know what their situation is when they're looking to borrow. Um, the goal is to have a lot of options, obviously. Um, but when they do have options, um, leaning on those people and having a really good relationship with your financial partner, your banking partner, talking through those options, um, you know, is really an important piece to that. Taking a look, what advantages um, does the deal bring to the table, and what are the alternatives that they have that they can either reduce rate, preserve capital, um, or you know get additional capital to support them in their growth. Sure. Okay. Bob, in your experience working with businesses, is they're looking to use either the 166 or 504 loan programs. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see business owners do? You know, I don't really see a lot of mistakes. I mean, we have you know defined informational requirements okay. that we need. So as long as the borrower gets those to us, we can proceed on a smooth path to getting approval. Um, the only thing, a few times in the past um, with the state program, the Ohio 166 program, we've seen borrowers overestimate the job creation yeah. um, that they're going to um, do within three years of getting their loan funded. So the state um, you know, monitors that on an annual basis and the state has the opportunity to come back and, and actually increase the rate if the company doesn't meet their job creation standard. So we just encourage companies when they do give us an estimate 
as to what their job creation is going to be is to basically understate it versus overstate it. But beyond that, I, it's, we, it's really a pretty smooth process. What about you, Carrie? Maybe it's not mistakes, maybe it's more challenges in, in the process that you see um, when, when dealing with businesses. Bob really hit it on the head is you just you have to make sure that you're really assessing the situation that you're in. If there are program requirements, you want to make sure that you understand them and that you know them um, and that you're as a business going to be capable of adhering to those. So not overstating. Um, and other than that, from um, some of the challenges that can come into play, um, it's oftentimes perceived. A lot of the information yeah. that we need um, is needed regularly, and it's an, a, a couple of additional things that they need. But um, you know, businesses are busy, and they have a perception um, that maybe they don't want to have to get involved sure. with providing all of that. Um, a, maybe perceived additional paperwork um, and, and things like that. So, um, you know, overestimating maybe the right word to say in, in what their commitment would be. Um, and again, utilizing their partners and people like us to support them in that so that they can get through that process as quickly and easily as possible. So, you know, being in banking, both of us in banking, and Bob, you probably see this too, you know, like a lot of times some of the struggles we see with, with customers is they don't always use their debt appropriately, so they don't match the type of loan to the type of asset they have. So maybe they're using their line of credit to purchase fixed assets. So how important is that for a company and, and when you're structuring these loans to make sure that you're matching that loan to the type of asset? Yeah, I mean, it's really important, um, especially for the business as they continue um, to move in their life cycle. Uh, the line of credit, for example, is available for, you know, short-term working capital needs. And if they've taken that and they've deployed that out for more long-term financing, then it's not available to them um, when they need it for those short-term working capital needs. So again, that's a really important um, point to make in the fact that you should have a good relationship with your banker so that you can have that open dialogue and talk about matching that together so that you're setting both the borrower up for you know the right options available to them from financing side of things but then also that down the road um, they're not running into any issues with their um, bank and in, in not having that matched up and then the bank coming to them and, and having a conversation with them about that and maybe having to term out some of that debt that they utilized that was more permanent working capital. No, that's, that's a good point. And, and Bob, in, is there any term or limits to the term based on the type of asset? Well, it's important to match loan term with asset class, obviously. Um, and again, SBA 504, I keep coming back to it, but is, as I mentioned, the largest economic development finance program going. So it will offer 10-year term for companies that are primarily making an equipment purchase. Okay. If it's primarily um, a building purchase, there's a 20 or 25-year option. We see projects sometimes where the project is gravitated towards a building purchase, but there is a small equipment component to it, and we just we can wrap that into a 20 or 25 year term uh, for the for that borrower on the 504 program. Okay. Yeah, and just to touch a little bit on what Bob was saying there, that I thought was really important is sometimes um, you know banks uh, don't want to necessarily elongate 
the amortization on equipment, but there is plenty of equipment that's available out there that sometimes have has a longer life cycle. And so the ability to add and get a 10-year amortization and term um, on some equipment financing can be really impactful for a business because then it can help them um, not only finance that equipment, so it, it helps them make money, um, but it helps preserve some of their cash along the way sure. as well, um, instead of having a shorter term like a five or a seven year. Okay, perfect. Now, is there some place you can go to see what banks are signed up for SBA products or, or the 504 products, or is it just talk to your, your, your bank that you're dealing with? There is, you can go to sba.gov and you can see who are preferred lending providers. Okay. Um, and preferred lending providers are pre-approved um, to be able to approve their own deals. So sometimes that can speed up the process of doing SBA lending. Um, and then as far as some of the other programs, the other resources to go to, it's good to talk to your bank and find out whether or not they have these programs available. Sometimes they are available to them, they just don't realize that they're available. Um, and some of the resources that you can go out just to check on them and to look up and see if it might be something you want to do would be to go to the Ohio Grow Now program by Googling it. It'll take you to the state treasury site, you can read through it. You can do that similarly with the um, collateral enhancement program as well as the Ohio 166 program as well. It's important to let business owners know about these programs that are available out there because you know, like when you're when you're dealing with them on the banking side, you don't always think about that because you're worried you're working through the, the the opportunity at hand. And I think the more we make it available and aware to our listeners, the more they maybe opt to look at these is these as options um, yeah, exactly. for for financing because you know, like as we look as we read the tea leaves and look into the future. Um, things don't look as good from a recessionary standpoint. And those are some, some things that business owners have on their, on, in, the, in the back of their mind. So how do, they, how do they look to grow their business during these recessionary times? I think that it's important for businesses to start thinking about, you know, what does that future look like and how do um, they as a business prepare for that? Um, you know, some of those things that they can think about would be preserving cash should they, if they have the funds available, utilize that cash to expand their business, maybe buy that piece of equipment um, or other ways that they're looking at growing their business? Should they look at financing um, to support that, utilizing some of these programs to give them some interest rate um, protection? So they may not want to utilize all their available cash um, to support the business um, as things continue to become more and more uncertain. No, I, I, I I think that's a great response, Carrie, because when you, when you think about it, all the programs we talked about are really there to help customers and benefit them from a cash standpoint. Right? Well, the, they don't have to come up with as much cash out of pocket. They get longer amortization, so it helps with their cash flow, and they get lower rates, again, making those payments lower. So they're great programs to use, not only during recessionary times, but anytime when, when they're looking to grow. They're, they're great options out there. Yeah, certainly, but with an uncertain economic outlook and a rising rate environment, these are great programs and great ways for businesses to look to to try to support them. And I agree with both of you said, like Carrie said, um, conserve working capital, and like you said, Kevin, uh, search for the best financing options available. Okay, great. 
Well, I want to thank you both for, for joining me here today. One thing we always ask our guests is what's on your watch list, right? And this is something that's top of mind that you think would be important for our viewers to, to hear. And, and it doesn't have to be specifically about program landing, it'd be about anything. But uh, we'll start with you, Carrie. What's, what's on your watch list? What do you think uh, our viewers will, would find interesting? Yeah, I think that it's important for our viewers to be thinking about what's coming for the rest of 2023 and be paying attention to a lot of the things that, um, that are out there from an economic standpoint. Pay attention to the reports that are coming out. The feds have certainly indicated that they anticipate raising rates again. Um, so pay attention to that. Think about what that's going to do for your business. How do you make those adjustments and how do you prepare um, not only for those interest rate hikes, but also some additional things that can come as a result of that. I think companies have to balance their growth opportunities versus the cost of funding those growth opportunities. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I look at is SBA 504, and as I mentioned, that's the largest economic development financing program in the country. Its monthly rates are based on a spread over 10-year treasuries. And, and very quick and simply, it's basically about 200 basis points over the current 10-year treasuries. So I want to watch those 10-year treasuries and see if they're, um, you know, opting to go up or down. No. Mm -hmm. So that's what I watch is the 10-year treasuries because that directly affects SBA 504 rates. So. And an inverted yield curve like we're currently in now, I mean, that definitely yes. has an impact. So it makes those longer-term rates are, are less than, than the shorter-term rates. So. Correct. Okay. Thank you both for joining me today. Oh, our really pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for the opportunity, yes. yes. Sharing Knowledge is brought to you by Westfield Bank, hosted by Kevin Vondereau, Chief Lending Officer. From the imagination and creativity of Chris Van Osdale, Erica Bailey, Suzanne Favre, Corinne Wilson, Kartika Caffey, the marketing and communications strategist at Westfield Bank. Produced, edited, and mixed by Shark and Minnow. Learn more at westfield-bank.com forward slash SKS sharing knowledge and shedding light on the financial industry to empower financial freedom. The Sharing Knowledge series of videos, podcast episodes, and articles are for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as legal, tax, financial investment, accounting, or regulatory advice. Opinions expressed and third-party information shared herein do not reflect the opinions of Westfield Bank, Westfield Group, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. The information shared does not constitute nor is intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any product or service. Testimonials may not be representative of the experience of other customers and are not guarantees of future performance or success. Bank products and services provided by Westfield Bank, member FDIC, an equal opportunity lender.